Welcome to Vox Arcana. I'm William. I'm Jake. I'm David. And this is a podcast about tabletop RPGs, game design, and advice for all game masters. This is episode 69, The End. We have a very special announcement for uh, the listeners of Vox Arcana. Uh, It is with many emotions felt that we have to announce that this will be the final produced episode of, of Vox Arcana. And yeah, it's... Feeling a lot of things right now. <sighs> yeah, here come the emotions. Um, so some of our listeners, I'm sure, are going to be very disappointed to hear this news. And I want to take this opportunity to explain our thinking behind why we came to this decision. Mm-hmm. We did not come to it lightly. No. Um, so we wanted to end on a high note. There is... Jake, are you familiar with a very obscure indie comedy series called The Simpsons? <laughs> uh I've heard of it, I think, but yeah. <laughs> There's a phenomenon in entertainment where shows either die young and, and people love them, or they way overshoot their welcome and people are waiting for it to die. I think uh, I would I think of Key and Peel, probably one of the greatest sketch comedy shows of all time, ending in its prime. Yes. Uh, and I think of Saturday Night Live that is 40 years old and, and very often mediocre with occasional yes. glimmers of, of greatness. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's Simpsons too. It's like this some of the most like cult classic, wonderful, delightful shows ever. Like the network hated and like like killed early. And it's like mm-hmm. the reason that show is good is because it never got the chance to become bad. And it's right. You should put in that quote about uh, either dying a hero or <laughs> seeing yourself live long enough to become the villain. Um, I was talking to one of my friends today over text. And I said I was very sad to quit. And he says, well, it's better that you're sad to quit than happy to quit. Mm. Oh. <laughs> true. Yeah. And it made me think of like those jobs or, or whatever, hobbies, yeah, whatever it may be, yeah. where you're like, oh, I can't wait to be rid of it. Like I, I am very sad um, to be walking away from Vox. Um, and even even that phrase, walking away. I, I want this show to be a, a complete thing, like a, like a box set. Like an mm-hmm. X-Files box set that you look <laughs> up on your shelf and you're like, here's the complete thing. The graphic, you know, is, it spells out the word on, e- you know, each DVD is kind of a slice of a logo, whatever. <laughs> it's complete now and you can feel good about having it. My goal um, for this conclusion is that if somebody wants to get into D&D, I can just say, listen to this show. There's 69 episodes. They're all about an hour long, give or take. And when you finish listening to it, you will know everything you need to know about running this game. Yeah. As we all know there's n- there's absolutely no shortage of content online, YouTube, other podcasts, whatever, um, that if you want more content, you can go get True. it. But as far yeah. as this show goes, it's complete. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. It does feel like a, yeah, you can reach back um, whenever you need to. Say you're, as your friend asks you to play in his game and you're trying to play a rogue, like you can go back to our... The, the 5e broke <laughs> episode and get you know all that stuff there until there's a 6e which sure enough there will be but until there's a 6e all of our stuff um is evergreen and especially all the stuff that isn't 5e specific is especially yeah. evergreen yeah especially um, the non-class stuff like the class stuff is yeah. probably our most mis- like tailored content towards 5e uh-huh. but everything else like encounters and all of that like we've talked about a plethora of different systems and a lot of it will carry over into, you know, beyond, um, like the realm of physical board games. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of that stuff is evergreen for, for dungeon mastering. And a lot of that, what you were saying, David, is like us really, we worked hard to tailor a lot of our information to not just be for dungeon masters, but game masters of all sorts um, yeah. mm-hmm. for this vague kind of uh, <clears throat> general advice that would be good for anyone running a game. Hell, anyone hosting a party in a lot of reasons. Like it's just <laughs> solid True. advice about, you know, controlling a table and like um, setting expectations. Trying to get the most, trying to milk the most fun out of a yeah. group. Yeah. I feel that to continue the show would be to drill down into very specific things that I'm not as interested in drilling down on. Uh, there's some other shows and other um, YouTube videos um, where early episodes are very broad and general and, and, and exciting and fun. And as they go on, they're trying to pursue that um, the the content, right? Like the yeah. YouTube's... The, the, the endless... What's the right word here? Yeah, the endless grind yep. of content. And, and much like The Simpsons or SNL... Um, I like what we put out. And I think, of course, there's always more to talk about. Um, but I feel good about where we're at. Yeah, I, I do too. And I've seen a lot of shows that we, all of us particularly, enjoy start to do things like, okay, this week's episode is our review of the 5e magic item Broom of Flying. Ugh. And it's like... Terrible item. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a broom that flies? Come on. Let's think of something imaginable. But, but like... <laughs> <laughs> just to see the them having to, to to dig trenches into this strange you know hyper specific thing because they've you know already done you know three episodes on ghosts you know and are having to like you know really delve into specific things instead of giving like legitimate helpful overall advice for anyone who wanders by it's been seeing that i was like yeah i don't know i really don't want to do like a paladins 2 episode (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i think you're i think you guys are right like um as far as like content like for for what we were aiming to do like we've kind of gone through every area to like a pretty good degree and to really go down any more specifically would really either have to be very system specific or it would just be like reviewing other like people's items, like 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 mm-hmm. products on um, Drive Through RPG or you know any of the other places like that. And right. Uh-huh. I don't think that's something that we're like really interested in doing. And I think it, that doing stuff like that also detracts away from like the whole like message that we were trying to give of just like go and play. Because if we're constantly talking about like all these different expansive like very like detailed specific like books mm-hmm. like you're going to feel the need to like purchase that before you go and play, which is like definitely not what we were trying to do. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, there's only so much you can say without like repeating yourself. Yeah. I mean, we've done dungeons twice. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And we, we saw a lot of, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, me saying like, Oh, I don't want to do paladins too. It's like, the thing is we could, there's so much more yeah, to talk could. about. Oh yeah. Like, and there, there's this never ending news cycle to have takes about but like specific uh tropes and different storylines and hooks and i mean yeah we would never run out of topics and we could be releasing vox arcana 1069 uh (laughs) in the year 2036 but it's like ah, there 
there's something about a really clean cut. Yeah, and again, I'm, I'm repeating us, but like, there's something, <laughs> there's something about a clean cut. I don't know. I, I like it. But yeah, and I think at the same time, like, we almost kind of like, I guess, diverge into like Jake's like trope. Like, we kind of become tropes of ourselves if we continue to like retread the same content because yeah. we're, all, we're we're hitting the same mm. ideas and themes and, and like people can uh, guess like listeners yeah. could guess what you're gonna they say they can kind next. of predict like, predict yeah oh and my god at that point it's like are we is like is what we're doing like like meaningful like uh like we're not <laughs> like I, I guess one of the big things that i've like realized is that you don't need like something that came out like last week to be to have like good information that you can learn from so yeah Oh like, yeah, true. Uh, like there, I feel like there's this this need this urge in like culture today. Like, oh, like this this like this uh, this book isn't going to be good because it was written like 40 years ago. Like, I I need something that came out last week that's like totally relevant to like today. But <laughs> like, I feel like a lot of the things that we talked about will like remain relevant for long long after a- we stop absolutely. playing. Yeah, <laughs> because wisdom is evergreen. There we go. Write that down. i just came up with it so who knows if it's good (laughs) well i i think um to give everyone like the full context of true uh what we how we've changed specifically uh, but like what's going on in our lives that has kind of led to this decision like yeah what do you think over the over the time has changed about us and kind of where we landed or where are we heading now in regards to D and life oh okay you want to uh, talk about sort of how we've changed in, in our D&D sensibilities and in our personal life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I can go first. So as any listener who's been with us since the beginning can attest, my sensibilities have definitely shifted toward a, a D&D style of play that is more low power, low fantasy, low prep. Um, I, I remember I was playing a game, it was the uh, the Tomb of Horrors, and almost everybody in the game is extremely adept with the system of 5e. Uh-huh. And I was trying to create this like really challenging like overland travel. And I want you to feel the sweat and the mosquitoes in your face. Um, and as far as I can remember, every challenge that I could think of was trivialized um, without any particular effort from the players. Like the, the game just supports, I mean, you get a ranger and you'll, you're no longer lost. And I was so frustrated by that because I'm like, well, like we talked about a few episodes ago. Adventure is what happens when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just on this kind of roller coaster that is, you know, full of thrills and ups and downs. Um, but you safely get off at the other side. Yeah, and, and you didn't learn anything. Um, so yeah, that's that's my sensibilities uh, shifting. Should we all go around and and sort of give the D and D angle and then give the personal life angle? Yeah, let's do uh, let's do it like that. Sure. I, I, um, okay. I, I so I can go next for D and D. I started. Uh, when I when I first started, back when all of us literally were this, when the game first came out, they released the player's handbook. Like we tore through it, and mm-hmm. um, I went off to college. I think that next year, um, or maybe it was even that year. Yeah, twenty fourteen. No, that was twenty twelve. So I was probably back from college for the first time. Uh, yeah, right. uh, and so we just tore through it, went back, um, and I started my own group for the first time, like being a dungeon master, and um, at the first. The first time I was just way over prepped, you know, the standard, uh, I got to be ready for anything. I got to have a map ready for everything. I got to have a table ready for anything. Um, not trusting my improv skills. Um, and then as I played more and more and more and more and found so many people who wanted to play all the time, um, I started to trust my improv sensibilities more and more. 
uh, and eventually ditched the random tables, ditched a lot of the maps, ditched a lot of uh, anything until I could literally have no screen in front of me and just <laughs> like I just it was just pure improv. Um, wow. And I, I really enjoyed that for a time, but then now and like since that was kind of where I was at the start of the show. Since then. I have kind of learned to start prepping more and more, you know, like the value of deep, deep lore, the value of um, world building that you are intentional about, like the the importance of sometimes battle maps, uh, the importance of like knowing the 5e system, the importance of having random tables that are tailored for the encounters you have. Like it's, a lot of this, my growth in regards to being a dungeon master has been learning to to prepare right, to prepare again, and not just have everything be improv, and really learning to focus on trying to make the game the best it can be, um, with not who I am as a dungeon master, but how much I can bring to the table outside of improv. I remember some very specific instances, Jake, where, um, like when we first started playing D anD D, it was essentially just improv with a D anD D veneer flavor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the uh, Lacroix flavored D anD D, right, <laughs> or, or vice versa. Um, and you came back, or, or you called me one day, and you're like, "I'm I'm using the combat rules. Like I'm really using them." Yeah. And I was so shocked because you had been so you know like high paced, um, yeah. more like a movie. Um, yes, yes, and it was action, fun. Action, go, go, improv, improv, quick, quick, yeah. But then I think you, and maybe you can speak to this. Um, it's just like you realize like the robustness of 5e is like it really does reward that player who wants that to, to dig into that. Um, the rules. That intense rule yeah. experience. Absolutely. And, and that's the part of, I think, in my opinion, being, um, this is also a strength of 5e that it can reward mm-hmm. a player for being very rules lawyery and it can also reward a player for being very improv. Um, and it was me learning to as a dungeon master to tailor the experiences and be like, okay, this kind of player needs this. This kind of player needs mm. this. This kind of player has an attention span of 30 minutes, so I better be moving from battle to battle real quick. You know, this person just wants to give a speech once per session, so we got to wrap up for that. And so, yeah, like there really was a – you know, we were like freshman, sophomore in college. It was kind of like, yeah, like finding what the players wanted and tailoring the game to that. Not like you're showing up to this board game or I'm God. You know, like, yeah. like really making it just like – no, okay, this person needs this, this person needs this. And just having that empathy as a dungeon master, but as just a storyteller too, to, to really hit all the buttons that your audience uh, will find most valuable. Hmm. And I'm intrigued, basically going forward, the thing that I'm completely shifted on is playing D&D online. Hmm. Oh, really? Which, yeah, it's been a struggle. But hmm. I'm finally getting the swing of things in Roll20. Um and mm. basically, I talked to all my friends, and they're like, "Yeah, we might as well get this started now because, like, I'm planning on moving <laughs> in a few years." And like, oh, ooh, and then yeah. someone else is like, "Uh, yeah, we're planning on moving too." And then I'm like, "Yeah, we're planning on moving too." Oh so, my God. so like, we're like, "Okay, we're lunking." Yeah, yeah. We should, like this, this like... is because of the pandemic. We're yeah. all trying to be safe, and it was like a choice. But like, in order to keep this group up when we all, you know, separate, go our separate ways, it's like, it won't be a choice anymore. It's like, if you want to play with this group, it, it has to be online. Mm, um, and so that, that really projected me forward as, okay, I'm going to learn this. You know, I, I have so much 
that that's a prideful point of growth i think is is me being like set in my improv ways and like having just be able being able to work a room and work a table and like get get the story i need being like okay i'm going to try to do this online and hope the internet isn't wow. cut out and yeah it's been interesting i would definitely have to comment that um of the three of us jake i think that you have grown and changed the most in terms of your uh, pursuit of D and D. Oh, for sure. Whether it was using the combat rules or, or now, like I'm just learning about the fact that you're going online, and I know that you're not necessarily the most technical person. I am not uh, <laughs> that I know, um, and yet also I've seen you learn how to produce audio on podcasts, and I've seen you, you know, um, and I think that being teachable is such a, a crucial skill, not just for GMs, but just for anybody getting through life. And obviously, the pandemic has made us all learn. Um, yeah, get along. I, yeah. I think and just learning learning new skills. You know, you can teach grandma Skype or Zoom or whatever. Like it, it really is for me, who is not technically savvy. Like I don't know how the magic computer box works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> being able to just like push yourself into. I, I got to try this. Like if if there's going to be a group, it's because we have to do this thing. And I think that that can be a word of advice for anyone who wants to like start a new group, anyone who wants to like like create a D and D night. It takes work, it takes some organizing, and it takes just sometimes diving in to be like, all right, if we're gonna do this, like, let's just figure it out. Hmm. Well, good. I'm glad that you can continue playing because, like you you alluded to, you're kind of future proofing your campaign. Yeah, by yeah. that's a stuff perfect. Now. Yeah, it's it's future proofing. It's like, yeah, we gotta be yeah. prepared for anything that comes hmm. your way. All right, David. Hmm. Your game. How have I changed the most in D and D terms? Is that what <laughs> is that the question? Yeah. Okay. Um. I think the the two biggest changes that I've noticed is like number one, just like a firmer understanding of what I enjoy in a game specifically. Like, I, mm. I enjoyed the like more improv centered types of D and D games, and that's something that I realized like probably about halfway through the podcast. You'll like, I think there's like, you can, you can go back through the episodes and just start to listen. No, there and, there and is. It, and, and it, I used to be the, the hardcore like gamer rules lawyer. Numbers. And then, wow, it was such a shift. And then as, as Jake flipped as well. So yeah, I think, <laughs> that, I think that if you go back and listen, that, that'll be a, an interesting change that you all saw. And then the other, I guess, the other big change that I've noticed is more of an appreciation for the games that I play in. So mm. I, I guess that I, when I first started out, like I'd play in like, we would be like, hey, we, I, I'm doing um, like DCC, like Dungeon Crawl Classics uh, this week. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't, this isn't 5e. What is this weird system? And I'd just be totally <laughs> turned off from it. But... I think over time, especially even playing an axe, just having an appreciation, like learning to appreciate the system for what it can do and like not expecting things that a system can't do. Like axe is not a very uh, role play centered system, but mm -hmm. um, learning to appreciate just being able to like enjoy the game for what it can offer. Like it is a very like a much more like um, grindy, like crunchy game much more of a board gaming game. And I really enjoyed mm -hmm. that for like what it could offer. And it was really like super fun. And I think just appreciating the systems and the games that I play in for what they offer is probably mm -hmm. 
the biggest thing that I've learned recently. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As the person who um, I GM'd, as far as I know, um, like 99% of the, the games you've played in the last several years, David. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've seen that shift in you too, where you went from like basically being the rules master, like, mm. like you said, the rules lawyer, knowing every detail about like specifically 5e. Um, and there was a moment where you swung hard into like dungeon world and um, fiasco. And you told me uh-huh. you wanted to make your own version of 5e that was like, had no numbers. <laughs> I remember that. Um, which I, uh, do you remember what you called your version? D and D two or something? I don't remember uh, <laughs> the sequel to D and D. The perfect codex. I, I have I have a bunch of notes scribbled down somewhere. Hopefully, someone finds them in the future and makes it right. And um, and actually, that was that's pretty cool too because um, maybe most readers readers most of our listeners maybe picked up on this, but I was really bouncing around a lot. Um, for most of my D&D career between systems, I'm just trying to find something that ticked all the boxes that was like just my niche. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, David, I really appreciate that you were along for this probably pretty annoying journey of me um, having gamer ADD and <laughs> fluttering around between, like you said, Dungeon Crawl Classics one week and Dungeon World, um, you know, a few months later, whatever it was. Can I, can I say Go the ahead. one that I enjoyed the least? Oh, I know it's, it's Warhammer Fantasy. No, it was... Um... Uh, it was like those hex crawls that we did. Oh my gosh, that would have been um, <laughs> Hot Springs the Island, hot springs. and then there were some great moments. My, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're they're like a bad <laughs> experience, but I just remember they were very. Um, oh, they were so like strict. They're so strict, yeah. Um, and then yeah. and then we did uh, Shade Spire, which I should not have run two very similar hex crawls. Oh yeah, that was the. the I group. think that was the big thing <laughs> is that there were. It was just two of the. It was like the same thing, just reskinned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, man, man. But I'm, like I'm glad I, I, could I be had there such a different path from you guys because so yeah. my players just, you know, I I came back enthused about five E, so I was like, let's play Dungeons and Dragons. Like I we had actually played a few like super random campaigns before that, um, and and they're like, okay, fine, I've I've heard of that on t- TV, and do you wear a wizard's hat? You know, like kind of you know, <laughs> half in jest, half in not. Um, and so we played D and D. They loved it. Um, we played that for three years. Uh, wow. Moved out. Um, had a new group. Um, as everyone kind of in college uh, went their separate ways. And new group, five E. It was great. Uh, and uh, you know, every year or so, I'd be like, Hey, you guys want to try something else out? You know, you want to do our next campaign? This, you want to do this? And it was always just like, No, five E works. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I have just. Not even really intentionally, just kind of like I've gone with the cultural flow of 5e and I have thus been inundated with it, you know, without even really intentionally choosing to. I mean, I guess that's the power of culture and of just right. like this kind of universality of attempted universality for dandy. Well, I, th- um, I also think that you have such a like a propensity to like make any system like work to your like whims. So... Like and five E just happens to be so flexible that you you just kind of like got lucky and That's picked the true. right system to begin with. It. Like you're just like yeah. oh, oh yeah, yeah. like this. What have we called five yeah. E? Like Mario? Like there's enough. Yeah. That I can, you know, paint him a different color, make mm-hmm. him stretch this way to it'll it'll work out for whatever flavor I need that week. Exactly. <laughs> and that's pretty interesting too because Jake, your D and D experience has been within the context of five E. And I think that, mm-hmm. at least from where I'm sitting, it's worked 
extremely well for everything you want it to be. And yeah. um, I mean, obviously, I've got my opinions on the game, but I think a lot of people have had a more similar experience. Well, maybe I can't say that um, more like Jake's than mine. Oh, yeah. But then I mm-hmm. but then I see subreddits as well where there's people who are unhappy with one very specific facet of of their game and, and whatever. They're trying to change it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that I mean, the, the space was already kind of monopolized like Pathfinder did have some some sway and we've talked plenty about the history of role-playing games um mm-hmm. earlier in the in the show but it, they really seem to have nailed a lot of the aspects of, mm-hmm. of 5e dungeon and dragons and yeah there's just it kind of feels like i'm just sitting in the cultural flow and it's just taking me towards this and i'm like all right i'll and even when i move to a new place when i go into other people i'll be like hey what game do you want guys want to play and my guess is for at least the next few years it'll be 5e like the average group yeah (laughs) exactly but like the average group is like i want to play dungeons and dragons yeah i i think that nothing wrong with that yeah i think 5e is like probably if you're just getting into it it's probably the best place to start because there's so many resources for it there's just yeah which is so funny because i i agree uh and yet my my preference is obviously so so opposite these days And, and maybe that's one of the reasons also we're moving away from the podcast is i feel like um not that I'm losing interest in D&D at all, um, but because our preferences, they are very different. Yes. Um, it makes me think we got a, a mailbag question vault question. And the person asked a very specific question. And he says, here's how I'm assuming you're going to all answer. Here's what Jake will say. Here's what William will say. Here's what David will say. And we're like, well, he's exactly right. <laughs> um, so in a way, um, I don't know. We've You can just think about how we would answer opinions on things well, and... well that and uh, all, all of us were speaking about it like we'd get questions that were about super niche 5e stuff or i would look at like okay guys all of our numbers are so much higher when we talk about 5e stuff um mm-hmm. and it, it really felt th- that was fine for like the first half of the podcast but then it got later on and you guys were essentially we'd go into a 5e type question or a 5e type topic and you two would both, you know, look at me and be like, I, I haven't played 5e <laughs> in two years. <laughs> and and I'm here as, as someone who has, you know, been inundated with 5e and really loves it. Um, and looking at the numbers and looking at, I, I put like several uh, polls out on Twitter and it's like, oh, do you play 5e or another system? And it was like 95% 5e. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, guys, we ha- we can't start going off into crazy... Tangents on like, yeah, this weird system my brother's cousin made up when we were 12. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. And so that was also another source of not really tension, but it's like, it's hard to even speak the same language when the type, the types of of tables that each of us are running have changed so immensely to be completely different universes of like what it means to to role play, like tabletop role playing. And I think that, I think that really paints a good picture of like D&D is like a really big ocean and uh-huh. a lot of like where we're going is we're kind of swimming in different directions. Like, mm-hmm. and we, like Jake is very established on the, the five E like port Island and we'll sailing off into the ax sunset. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, <laughs> treading water somewhere the in the, the middle, <laughs> 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 but it's like, we're, 
like our similarities are starting to like spread out and we've kind of established ourselves as like what we want. And so it would be hard to continue without trying to commit to like 5e, for example, a singular style or or a singular style. And I think that, uh, I think that there are many other, you know, podcasts or creatives that really have much more interest in like 5e as a system specifically and are, Mm -hmm. are much more capable of, talking about that specific stuff than like we are and what we're interested in. And what I would hate is for us to subtly over time, over the next 1000 episodes to shift the show into something that 95% of our listener base doesn't care about. And there's been a few podcasts that I've listened to where there has been a kind of drift on the topic, usually because they picked a very specific thing to talk about as their entire show idea. And then they realize you can't just talk about, Let's say, um, oh, I don't even know some specific type of product. Let's say Copal forever story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and and as someone, as a wise man once said uh, of bands of music, if you change the sound, you change the fans. And hmm. I, I like our fan base. I like our listenership, and I think it's good to end the show where we're at before, as David's saying, we all swim off into our various sunsets. I'm not sure how many suns there are on this planet, it's, but it's, it's like yeah, four or five. Enough. Yeah. Okay, good. Go in direction. Oh, so, um, as far as how we've changed personally, um, a lot, I mean, a lot's happened in my life in the last two years since mm-hmm. we've done the show two years, right? It would be coming up on three because we started, I think the, March of 2018, so that'd be all of 2018, oh, 2019, geez. and here we are at the end of 2020. Oh my, so yeah, nearly three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, during this time of the show, I've changed jobs, I think, it two or three times. Um, I have obviously totally changed my, my tastes in, in the game. I've changed some of the friends I hang out with. Um, and, and, I mean, recently I had a baby, or more specifically my wife did, and that's obviously a huge shakeup. Um, on the horizon, I have, I'll be completing my bachelor's degree and, and becoming a teacher. And from what I understand, the first few years of teaching are very heavy in the hours and very light on the free time. Um, and so once again, looking down the barrel of, of these big time commitments, I think um, I would hate to see the podcast just fade away. And, you know, somewhere in, in yeah. episodes, you know, 180 we just kind of stop posting or we, or we post once a year uh, claiming that it's still going strong and obviously it's not. Um, so it, it comes down to being honest with ourselves about our level of energy and our level of time or free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so same thing with me. I, I started the podcast, um, you know, the idea bounced around for a while, but I was out of my first job as a social worker and into... Ooh. Uh, doing uh, my other podcast, which you guys might have heard of, called Historium. Um, I I had started that before this, and that has always been my baby. Um, and so, uh, my, so in order to make ends meet um, while doing my podcast full time, I would also uh, edit audio on the sides, mostly other podcasts, like adding intro and outro music or editing full episodes and stuff. Um, and so basically I had this priority list every day I'd wake up, I'd get on my computer and it would be like, okay, first up is historium. It's like, that's my baby. That's my like small business or whatever. Like I really, um, you know, want to focus on that first. That'd be like writing, editing, researching, 
uh, recording. And then next up would be, you know, what I need to do for my clients for audio editing gigs. And it's like, okay, that got to finish that by today. They, there's certain deadlines for that. And then always number three would be Vox Arcana. Mm-hmm. And it's like when it was always that number three, I would always have something pop up for Historium, like a deadline, or I'd always have a new client or a new gig that had to be done by this certain time. And so with me working all day, I get to the end of the day. It's like, oh, God, I didn't get to that Vox episode. I'll do it tomorrow. And then that next day would have all sorts of new gigs or new stuff to do for Historium, emails to respond to. And so it always just dropped I, I just never had enough time in the day. And I'm not gonna hmm. I'm not gonna put this podcast onto someone else to edit or for someone else to research or you know, like it's 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 distinctly ours, but I just could could never have enough time in the in the day. So that's kind of where where I've arrived at it and I'm very excited to continue historium. I thought when I would do it full time, I would just be able to pump out twice as many episodes and do all this. But I realized I've just gotten more in depth with my research and mm. uh, my topics have become long, you know, hour plus long episodes. Um, and so because of that, it's just all that free time is drained back into the podcast with researching, writing, editing, hiring on people to help with social media and um, copy editing. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love this podcast. I've loved everything we've done with it. Um but it'll be good to be focused, like to have just one podcast to do, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there is something about a passion project that only works if you have time, because we definitely have the passion. Yeah. Um, but like we're, we're saying, and I think David will mm. allude to this too, um, there's a lot of change happening in our lives and in the world. Um, and I would, just, I would hate to see it forgotten or made into a less of a priority. Yeah, um, yeah. Fade into, and, and as, yeah. As we talked about Saturday Night Live, uh, if it became something that was just kind of okay sometimes, and instead of um, meeting the level of quality that we've always tried to yeah. to create. Mm-hmm. David, what's been going on in your life? <sighs> Let's see. When I when we first started this, I was, I would say, a lot more into D and D than I am now. <laughs> like, to be fair. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm the person here with the least interest in D and D, and well, that's not to say that I don't care about it or that I don't like it. But uh, I've just kind of realized the things that I like in D and D, and I've kind of sparsed them or parsed them out like those things from other areas of my life. Like board games are kind of like a quick and easy way of getting the like competitive board gamey i guess aspects of D without having to mm-hmm. play in a campaign or you know teach people uh 5e um mm-hmm. uh, and just i've kind of started to like parse all the aspects that i really care about into other areas and then uh, realizing that like 5e is like the like the main system i'm like oh well i, I feel like i'm gonna have like less to contribute in terms of like relevant content so i guess i've I don't, I don't want to say I've lost interest or that I don't care about 5e, but I, I just, I've kind of gotten what I want out of it right now from other areas. And that's not to say that I won't hmm. go back in the future or, you know, maybe I find a group that I really think would make a, a fun, you know, consistent group and I, I start a game. But as of right now, I just don't see that happening. So, yeah, especially hmm. with like 2020, you know. 
Yeah, because I, I I really prefer the as well. I do like playing online, but I do prefer the like in person aspect. So yeah, and yeah, kind of not wanting to do that right now is kind of limiting. So yeah, yeah, I think you hit upon something, a couple of things that are really um, kind of profound, and that is depending on the day, we're not always super interested in in D anD. d Oh, and yeah. I think this goes for mm-hmm. anybody with any hobby, like we have other priorities and, and other interests and, and things we love to do. Um, and making a podcast is hard mm-hmm. and, and maintaining interest over a long period of time is hard, even about something that, you know, we all love to various degrees and depending on the day, um, to, to various, to various degrees on the day as well. And then like David's saying, there's a certain itch that D and D scratches yeah. certainly for a player. Um, and you've found ways to, to scratch those itches kind of in other, other, uh, avenues. And I've also just like found a lot of like other hobbies and interests that I'm, um, I guess I have more interest in. And I mm-hmm. feel like to, uh, go into a podcast and like convey myself as an authority when I, when I, I, I guess I'm, I, I it's not that I'm, I guess I am just like less qualified to do that when you should go listen <laughs> to like Matt Coville, like, uh, like, or, um, crit- like anybody from critical role, like they have like, way more relevant information like you shouldn't listen to me but not to say that i don't have you know interesting takes or ideas but like if you're well no yeah. there was that moment where it was like you and you and will or like we haven't played <laughs> you know dungeons and dragons traditionally yeah by me in in a year and i'm like oh gosh yeah <laughs> you know we do have all the evergreen stuff you know outside of that for sure um but there is that branching off of like yeah this is I don't know. Things change. It's just the nature of nature of the world. Oh, and to be fair, I will. I, yeah. I'm not like D and D is not like dead to me. I just like, well, I'll, I'll come back to it. It's like <laughs> it's like there's like a season for things, and it's like you got to hit it in like the right cycle, and then you go. Does that make sense? Like you're. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah I, like, I think like my interest definitely kind of uh, waxes and wanes mm-hmm. depending on uh, where I'm at in life, and um, it just so happens that. I think D&D will always be a part of my life and probably a part of yours, oh, yeah. you know, both of yours. Um, but the level of interest is is variable. And trying to maintain an intense level of interest, like I said, over a long period of time, I see YouTubers with some very specific niche, like let's say analyzing the script of a movie, right? Like video essays mm-hmm. or something, nerd writer. Um, and I, am, I feel so sorry for them because the thing that they loved is now the only thing they're allowed to do. Like we could probably make various podcasts about all kinds of things. I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I totally get that. Like this, this thing that I like telling stories from history. It's like, I will get the research and the writing and like halfway through the script. I was like, okay, I've told the story. Like I'm, and then it's like mm. then it like you can you can ride that wave of passion like like a surfer but then it hits this wall and you're like this is now work there there's no passion mm. left here it is clickety clackety on the keys and this is <laughs> your, your nine to five punch the clock get in get in there and get it done and i think that's the curse of just any creative endeavor when yeah. you're trying to make yeah. money off it or you're just trying to like you know not to say we ever made any money off the the show but um when you're just trying to to make something good and and make it consistent, mm-hmm. um, because like you're saying, the passion is not always there. Yeah, and I'd hate to see the show fade into a pale ghost of its former self. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, so looking back, what are some of your guys' favorite memories from recording, from from just the show in general? Anytime we had a guest on the show, I was delighted and surprised that yes. uh, we could attract such talent. Oh, true. Yes. Um, special shout out. Uh, oh, I'm going to forget some names. Griffin from Griffin Saddlebag, who is just probably one of the hardest working people um, in the uh, in the hobby. Yes, I would say. Um, who's, I would say probably has a better understanding of item rules than a lot of the D&D designers. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And then, of course, Matt Corley, who's been on the show twice, um, talking about his supplements. Um, I, I remember the one, um, he did one that was about horror and, and sanity rules, more of like this Lovecraftian thing. Uh-huh. Um, and then also um, his second book that was more about uh, the carefully researched like sanitarium. Oh, and, yes. Uh, this, I was yeah, like, really for that shady one. stuff. Yes, the one episode you have oh. on. Jake, you've only been on 68, so I'm Ooh. sorry. We have to kick you off. Adios. Did David miss one, right? Didn't David miss one? Probably. Oh my gosh, I'm the only one who can stay here. You're good shot. Jake, let's, let's record an episode 70 without him. Uh, looks like Will uh, might have had a little accident. Record. See you guys in episode 70. It's just me and David. <laughs> But um, another uh, one of our guests, uh, oh, Stagliano. Oh, yeah, the Rose. Staglianos. Ooh. Oh, how can we who forget you... our first ever guest? Yeah, who you guys met in person. They're super cool. Yes, they gave us, uh, infamously gave us a private tour of the Riot Games office. Um, we have all kinds of pictures of us with statues and no other pictures because we're not allowed to photograph in there. <laughs> um, not even in secret. Um, I respect those guys too much to try to skirt the rules. Um, but that was just a really unique thing, and and it showed me that this D this D and D that this podcast can lead to unexpected and great things. Yeah. Uh, speaking of our guests, I think Griffin from Griffin Saddlebag, um, our highest listened to episode uh, is wow. is is his interview because he linked it on the subreddit. Dang. Yeah. Thanks, Griffin. Yeah. Griffin's Griff. cool. You're great, and we love you. A uh, fond memory for me is all of our. And these are probably the most difficult episodes that we did. That we did uh, are all of the D and D five E class episodes oh. because we <laughs> had to, we fun. we legitimately had homework and we're like yeah. and I know the hardcore D and D fans would be like oh I know every subclass for every class in the back of my hand, um, but like we were not like that. But doing all that, you know, I'm sure it was treacherous homework for for will and david but for me it was so helpful because i just got to know the system that i'm playing twice a week <laughs> like mm-hmm. the back of my hand um and it was great to understand class features and have all the different flavors of each class and you know be able to answer questions for my players of like oh what if i uh, multi-class into this or how do i do this or how does this feature work and i like knew it because of all of the uh yeah. info we had garnered over those class episodes I, I don't recall them being negative in my experience um because it's like you're saying um i had read the uh the class features but i had not studied them and yes. so being forced to sit down and like write out the notes uh, and read through all these class features and then talk about it in detail mm-hmm. um, was really thrilling for me as well because um, there's just such cool stuff in the game, specifically cleric stuff, which obviously ah, is my busted. slash the best class. They're, they're <laughs> they're OP. The best, and nobody played them. Yeah, we still. Yeah. I think my favorite parts of the podcast were the random table talks where, mm. we, would, where we would just roll up some random monster or 
uh, do some plot hooks or yeah, uh, some of, uh, we, we've created a lot of, I, I just like being able to like see like live how we would all like differently approach yes. creating, you know, an encounter based off of the tables that were rolled and then really like collaborating together to come up with something really unique and cool and just kind of being able to mm-hmm. show, you know, what you can do with those is, yeah, I, I, those were always super fun. Probably my favorite parts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Somewhere somebody is just making a show that's that's exactly only that because that yeah. was so fun. Yeah, it's just like uh, collabor creative collaboration. Yeah. with anything and just yeah to to hear okay get a random thing and then you're like okay oh, okay so we got this and this is someone's like oh I was thinking about it like this way that was magic and it shows the the importance of like a writer's room mm-hmm. like for anything like th- that collaborative process where. You think, okay, I'm at a dead end, or oh, this this makes sense, but it's kind of hacky. Like to have someone to bounce ideas off of, not even D and D, but in like all of your creative endeavors, yeah. Like realizing the just complete joy and like novelty and creative awesomeness that can mm-hmm. emerge from that collaboration. Like oh, those random table talks. Anytime we would kind of be like, okay, what about this? Oh, what about this on top of this? Like we'd find ourselves getting carried away oh, like yeah. in this like, bliss <laughs> of creation. Mm-hmm. Right. Usually we would have too many ideas for uh, <laughs> the amount of time we had. <laughs> yeah. um, I, and there is something about somebody throwing out an idea that's somewhere between like weak and okay. <laughs> and then someone else taking it and just like, you know, saying, oh, what about this? What about yeah. this? Yeah. And by the end of it, I mean, I've listened to some of these shows and I don't remember the things we've talked <laughs> oh, about. Oh, no, like, I I've don't completely either. completely forgotten. No, I've and, gotten uh, uh, responses on Twitter <laughs> of people who have made, like, used some of our magic items uh, really? in their own games <laughs> and stuff. That's awesome. Um, like Mason the Mace? <laughs> <laughs> no, Ma- Mason, it was the one we made for the pirate one where it was like that little Aboleth spawn that was like constantly oh, yeah. moving. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which is just so cool to like see someone be like oh yeah no you guys this idea that you randomly created with rolling three dice and then like just like <laughs> fighting creatively with each other like they used it like that that That's forge so cool. that created that was actually useful and i love oh, that a delight thank you for listening to vox arcana i'm william i'm jake and i'm david now go and play the game <laughs>